LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. Honest questions, quick answers. I'm your host, Todd Unzicker, and this is where J.D. Greer says, Ask Me Anything. Ask Me Anything. I'm your host, Todd Unzicker, and this is the podcast where Pastor J.D. Greer says, Ask Me Anything. And believe me, you guys have put the anything in the Ask Me Anything over the last, what is this, our 18th one, Todd? Um, it just feels like, it, it feels like so many, so many less than that though, J.D. Like kittens and rainbows. Yes, that's right. That's well, right. So here's that. the anything for this week. Okay. And this is, a, this is a big one. We live in a world that increasingly doesn't trust the Bible. So is it still safe to say the Bible says so? So I'm guessing what you mean by that is we have a culture that no longer accepts the authority of the Bible. Now, it used to be 50 years ago, you say the Bible says, and people suddenly sit up and think, well... Thus says the Lord. Right. Even if I don't go to church, I still generally respect the Bible. Well, today, you got an increasing amount of people, some would even say the majority, who say, I no longer think the Bible is the Word of God, so does it help us to stand up and say, do this because the Bible says so? Um, Well, it's hard not to hear this question... um, out of the context of a very popular Bible teacher that we referred to a few weeks ago, who is a friend of mine, um, uh, Andy Stanley, who you know has just basically made that argument. And in one sense, I actually really appreciate some of the thought. Made what argument? Made the argument that we should no longer say the Bible okay. says. And right. he says so for three reasons okay. um, that I can deduce. Number one, um, he says that uh, that our culture no longer accepts the Bible, so it's just going back to this kind of you know thing that nobody really really believes anymore. The second reason he said so is um, when you um, tell people to do something because the Bible says to, you're kind of operating on what he calls, or maybe these are my words, but this command and control way of compelling obedience. Do it because the Bible mm-hmm. says so. Whereas the New Testament, Jesus released a new commandment. He said a, a new law, and that 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 new commandment was to love God and love others. And so what you find the the, the apostles doing more often than not in the New Testament, is trying to figure out what love in action looks like because the, the law was insufficient to guide their behavior, but they would say, well, what lo- would love have me to do? Um, the third reason um, Andy Stanley says um, that you, you don't really say the Bible says anymore is he says the early church, when the church grew the fastest in those first two or three centuries, they didn't really have a Bible, and they didn't do this. And so they, you know, they, just, they, they basically went back to the eyewitness testimonies of Jesus' resurrection and then appealed to the things that Jesus encouraged, which was, above all things, that we learn to love God and love others. And okay. that was what made the, the New Testament movement irresistible. All right. Those are the reasons that somebody like an Andy Stanley would say, you know, we don't need to say the Bible says anymore. I want to hear what I suspect you're going to give is the reasons we should say that. But before you answer <laughs> don't, that. You can't give away my answer. How do you yeah, know I'm what I'm I'm not giving the answer. I'm just saying I know that you are going to say why, why we might be able to say that. But before you well, do, before I do that, I'm going to tell you what's good about it and then what I have questions about. So, or why we shouldn't. Okay. So you'll have to hear that after the break. Okay. Well, here's the break. And here is what we want our listeners of Ask Me Anything to know from our awesome sponsors that this March in Orange County, California, Lifeway Leadership is hosting a much needed church leadership event that's all about leading change. If you know you need to lead change, but you're not sure where to start, then this event is for you. It's different than any other leadership conference. You'll spend most of your time in a group of less than 50 with uh, other leaders discovering how to implement change in your church. Think about it like a workshop. 
and to make sure that every church leader leaves with a personalized plan that they are that they are going to do because LifeWay Leadership is going to cap this event at 300. So if you need to lead change, and you know you do, but you're not sure really where to start, then make sure you register for a Blueprint Coaching in Orange County, California, March 14th and 15th. Just go to lifeway.leadership.com forward slash events where you can learn more from the LifeWay Leadership Network. And if you can't decide if you should go, I mean, what better place to be wrong about going to a conference than Orange County, California? Uh, it sounds like a nice place to be anytime, especially Anywhere, March 14th anytime. and 15th. Exactly. So, uh, Pastor J.D., what are the, some of those reasons um, that that we kind of teased out a minute ago? What are some of those reasons why we might say the Bible says why that? You, why you might say that? Well, first of all, let, let me say what I profoundly appreciate. Um, I do think in the Western world in which I minister, in which most of the listeners of this podcast are going to um, minister as well, that we need to start thinking like missionaries. And that is in some ways what some of these people are doing. And I think that's a helpful a helpful question to ask. Um, what is it that grabs the attention? Uh, for example, when I was a missionary in Southeast Asia among Muslims, we would not usually say to people, at least in our first introduction, hey, I'm a Christian. Because for them, Christian had all these connotations of crusaders and, mm-hmm. and people on TV that wore a cross, you know, while they were doing just the worst, you know, things. Um, and so we would say, "I'm a a a follower of Jesus Christ um, with sincerity." That was the way he said it in their language, because it, it it gained us an audience with with the people that we were talking to. Um, well, in the same way, I, I recognize that when I'm talking with somebody who doesn't accept the authority of the Bible, there might very well be reasons for me to say, rather than, you know, the Bible says and such and such, I might say, hey, you know, the Apostle John said this and this about Jesus, and here's why I believe him, because he saw Jesus resurrected, and then he sealed that testimony with his blood, and I feel like that's a compelling reason. So, so, so I think there's, there, there's some good thoughts in here, but um, here's why I would never want to go away or encourage somebody to go away, uh, to go away from from using you know that phrase the Bible says a few reasons. The first one is the early church it was centered in the Bible, and I want to show respect here for uh, you know for for Andy and others who say this, but um, the idea that they were just a word of mouth people it's just not true. I mean we just got done preaching through Colossians, and at the end of the book of Colossians, Paul says, "Hey Colossians." Um, hope you've enjoyed this letter. Share it with the church in Laodicea and get the letter that they have that I wrote and get them to share that with you. Um, they sat around reading the letters of Paul. Uh, in fact, one of the critics of the early church in those first couple centuries criticized them as being a very bookish people mm. who sat around with kind of these documents that they were you know were going through. Um, so the idea that they were not a scripture centered people is 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 that's just not accurate. You know, even Peter in his letter uh, to the church, Second uh, Peter three sixteen, Peter says. Hey, um, you you know I know some of you are having trouble getting through these letters of Paul, um, and a lot of people are twisting them to their destruction, like they do the other scriptures. And what you see there is is Peter is already referring to Paul's writings as scriptures and showing that this was central in the in the life of the church. Here's a second reason why I would incorporate that phrase the Bible says in a lot of of and I do in, in a lot of what I teach. Um, it is true that Jesus said you could summarize the law in you know, love God and love each other and summarize what God wants in, in, in that phrase. But it's also true that a lot of what we um, understand about what love, uh, what love looks like in action is gained by what the law tells us. Um, the law shows us what it looks like to love our neighbors. The law shows us um, what, you know, the image of God being in every person, what that looks like and what, what sexual morality looks like. Um, the, you know, the phrase, thus says the Lord, it was an important part of the, of the New Testament. Um, you know, it's, you see that in how they use the Old Testament. Um, you see that uh, they will, you know, say, well, this is what God said there. And, 
And so this is who God is. And this what is would what be an example like. of that? I use this in one of our previous podcasts, but uh, you see that where, where Paul says, hey, you know, children, obey your parents in the Lord. You, you remember the Old Testament says, you know, this is the first commandment and it gives you a promise in it. And so he, he's using that to say, you know, God's word says this, and this is what you should do. Paul, the apostle, um, it, it, at the end of the book of uh, Corinthians, he says, hey, if anybody's really spiritual, if they have the spirit, they'll acknowledge that what I'm giving you are the commands of the Lord. Um, Jesus with Satan. What does Jesus do when he's when he's confronted with the temptations of Satan? Yeah. He says, it's written. So the idea that we're going to jettison that and say, we just don't use that as part of our, our defense of our faith, that's going to take away the most significant um, you know, weapon of defense that we have. When he's saying is, it is written. He's referring to Scripture. Of course. He's saying this is what God's Word says, and it has God's authority behind it. So there's a time when I say, whether it's to Satan or to somebody else, say, I, I believe this because it is written, and this and, and God's Word is sure, it's infallible, it's it's something I can always trust. So it's true that when you when when maybe you're first having that first conversation with somebody, and we're trying to be missionaries in our culture, like I said at the beginning, it it might be that I don't start with the Bible says, and God said it. I believe it. That settles it. I might try to show that there are reasons why I believe what the Bible says. I believe it because of the resurrection of Jesus. I believe it because of all the prophecies that were fulfilled. I I, I routinely taught. I will routinely tell skeptics, why don't you punt the question of the inerrancy of the Bible? Why don't you even punt the question of the inspiration of the Bible? Just punt that for a while, and let's just treat the Bible like a normal document and see if there's not compelling evidence in it that Jesus rose from the dead, because there is. And once you come to that conclusion— well, then you're in a better place to go back and see what did Jesus believe about the Bible? What does he say about the inspiration? And what does he say about inerrancy? So I agree that that as our starting point, we could treat the Bible in some ways like a normal book and use the evidence in it to point to the, to the resurrection of Jesus. Um, but I will also say that after those initial conversations that you know John the eyewitness saw and, and Paul the eyewitness saw should very quickly translate into and do, this is what God says, because if we don't have as the core, the bedrock of our faith, the declarations of what God has said, we'll never be able to resist the attacks of Satan, and we'll never have, we'll never have the ability to go through the storms of whether it's doubt or persecution or temptation. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew 7, the one who goes, who makes it through the storms, again, of doubt, of temptation, of persecution, of trial, they're the ones who have built their house on on, on God's words, not an apostle's words, but God's words. Paul says, 2 Timothy 3.16, maybe the most famous verse in the Bible about the Bible, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect and complete. All scripture, you know, Paul very likely was thinking there about, you know, mainly the Old Testament, but already they were recognizing that his writings and the, the, the gospel writers' writings were scripture. He says it's all profitable. It'll teach you what's right, what's not right, um, corrections, how to get right, instruction and in righteousness, that's how to stay right. And he says without this, you can never be perfect and complete. You might have some vague idea about what love, that you should love other people, but you'll never know what that looks like in its completeness. And so if you take out the Bible, take out the Old Testament, you're never really going to know what what love in action looks like. So yeah, I would strongly encourage us to maybe in our missionary encounters, maybe we're using our eyewitness testimony that, that maybe we're using that first, but very quickly we need to get to you know the bedrock of our faith is, is thus says the Lord. And that's where we need to build our church. And that's where we need to kind of, kind of put our anchor down. 
And if it helps the guy who's probably led more people to Jesus Christ in the last hundred years than any other human being, Billy Graham, maybe his most famous phrase, not just in Southern Bible Belt culture, whether he was in Boston, Los Angeles, Central Park, New York City, or whether he was in Seoul, Korea, his most famous phrase was, the Bible says. I remember watching this interview with him and Larry King, who's, again, not, not a Bible Belt Christian. And he just, every time Larry would say something, well, what about this? And, 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 and Billy Graham would say, well, but, but, but Larry, the Bible says. And it just had this authority with it of, I don't base my thoughts about God on human conjecture. I base them on what God has revealed about himself. If you remove that, you remove the rock that the church is built on and the church eventually, and our witness, it'll crumble. Well, that's great, Pastor Day. I mean, even in my own life, issues I face or people ask me questions, it really doesn't matter what Todd thinks. It matters what God says, and that mm-hmm. is found in his word. Yeah. That's great. Here on the Ask Me Anything podcast with Pastor J.D. Greer, part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. Have you guys listened to five Leadership Questions podcasts yet? This one is co-hosted by Todd Adkins and Daniel M. They're part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network family. They've recently interviewed Brad Lomanick, Jackie Hill Perry, um, and many more. Just look up 5LQ on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. This is Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. I'm your host, Todd Unzicker. We'll see you next time on the podcast.